0: up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 82 of the Best Seats podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality community from right here in Orange County to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. That was good. That was a one breath. I am your host, Croft McCarthy, founder of the Best Seats. Thank you, as always, to my friend, Allie Coyle, who provides the music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. And if you're in the area, check out any of her family's three restaurants, Fable and Spirit, over in Newport Beach, Dublin, Fort Pub, and Wine Works for everyone, both of which are in Mission Viejo. As a reminder, if you enjoy the show, please be sure to leave a rating and or a review. It helps other folks discover it as well. You can go to thebesties.com for more content just like this. And do not forget that you get early ad-free listening to each and every episode a week before the public by going to patreon.com. Forward slash the best seats. And also, that is where you find the exclusive post show. Several episodes in now. Launch that one at the beginning of the new year. We definitely jump into some more off the wall topics, a little bit more risque questions depending on the guest, but just a little bit more insight into each and every guest. And what a guest we got for episode 82 Brennan Burley. Bar director over at Craft House in Dana Point. We're going back to Craft House. Chef Blake has been on the show before, but I wanted to sit down with Burley and talk about the drinks program that they have going on down there. They're launching a brand new outdoor patio, what that's going to be like for service. And before I kind of touch on why I wanted to have him on the show, also, I have a confession to make. I made a mistake 82 episodes in, I made a whoopsie, finally, as any of you who have been longtime listeners know, at the end of each episode, I asked the guests where people can find them on social media or check out their restaurant, and I made and picked a whole bouquet of whoopsie daisies because I didn't ask Burley. Burley, first and foremost, I am sorry. You know what? 82 episodes is the first mistake. I think I will take it, but you can find Burley on Instagram, at Burley, B-U-R-R-R-L-E-Y. And obviously, you guys know where to find Craft House at this point. You have been no stranger to them. But if, for some reason, you don't, it is at Eat Craft House. Now, obviously, both of those will be tagged in the show notes at the end of the show. But again, my mistake, mea culpa, made a whoopsie. But again, let's talk about why I want to go back to Craft House, okay? We are about to jump into springtime, summer. They have a massive brand new permanent patio that is almost done depending on when you listen to this episode. It may be live, but really, really pretty. Huge addition to the restaurant and a really cool thing to see. They were one of the first restaurants that had this during the shutdown. Now it's become kind of a permanent structure for them. They are only going to get busier and busier. This is a place that is in my wheelhouse. It's in my backyard. Selfishly, I wanted to talk to him. I'm a big fan of what Burley does. I love his drinks menu. I love how it is creative enough where you can push outside of the standard kind of let's grab an old fashioned, but it's also reserved enough that nothing really scares. But at the same time, they do really inventive stuff. And especially during the shutdown, their to-go drinks were some of the best in the area. They kept them going. They were cranking them out at massive volume, just as everybody was doing to survive. And he's talented. What's it been like for him, though? He's come from Long Beach originally. He's used to big volume. Why the change of pace? Why go a little bit slower? Why come down next to the water down here a little more south? But It's family right he's got a family he wants to raise them down here a little slower pace we talk about all of that it is a very very fun episode again my mistake burley for making the mistake and forgetting to ask you about the social but we got that fixed and again it's in the show notes as always but that is enough of me rambling let's hear the man himself my guest for episode 82 of the best Seeds podcast bar director at craft house in dana point brendan burley enjoy Burley, thank you for coming on the show, brother. Great to be back at Craft House and have you guys back on again. Obviously, Chef Blake has been on the show before, a friend of the show, but I'm excited to sit down today, talk with you, talk about the drinks and talk about what you guys have going on, including that gorgeous brand new patio that by the time this episode goes live, hopefully will be open to the public. But before we dive into everything that I do want to talk about, would you mind introducing yourself and giving a little bit of your background?
1: Hello, my name is Brendan Burley. I'm the bar manager at Craft House in Dana Point. I, uh, I'm originally from Long Beach, uh, bartended and managed many places up there. And then uh, me and my wife had uh, our first baby girl. We have now two. Uh, and we decided to move to South Orange County.
0: Um, how long have you been at Craft House? Two years. Two years. Yeah. What, so where did you start in the bar industry? <laughs>
1: Uh, at the bottom, <laughs> just like everybody else, I think I think they should. I mean, everybody should. I started at Parker's Lighthouse in uh, in Long Beach on the water. Um, I was a server there and basically just kind of got whistles you know, trying to pick up things here and there. And a couple of the guys I worked with, uh, Carlos and Paul, who were awesome. Like, hey, let me show you some things. Let me show you some of this stuff and. Just kind of sp- sprung from there. It was just you know, just curiosity was the the reason I really got into it. And then, you know, learning things here and there, and uh, you know, going and working at other restaurants and bars was uh, was definitely something that was very important to me. Like it was, I uh, like I was I opened up the Attic in Long Beach, which is a monster. That place is awesome. Steve Masses, the owner's, still one of my best friends. I love him. I love that place. Um, There's sous chef Cheyenne's still. I talked to her once or, or I mean, you shouldn't talk to her, I should say, talk shit to her like once or twice a week. <laughs> like, uh, and I left that place to venture to do more. Like wh- my curiosity really started to spark when I was in my mid to late twenties with like, Hey, this isn't just a job. This is something I really, really want to do. And I wanted to kind of bounce around a little bit and see where, you know, where where I could learn things and then also where I could, you know, every, say, like, every uh, good thing you can learn, but every bad thing you can learn what not to do, and that's kind of what I wanted to see.
0: Long Beach to Dana Point is not exactly a close trek. No, not at what all. What brought you down here? What was it that brought you actually to Blake ooh, ooh, and to Craft House?
1: Uh what brought me down here was family and then just it's like I love Long Beach. It's my hometown. I'll, I'll forever love that place. But raising a uh, child there is not something that I really wanted to do. Um, coming home late night from the bar one night, just walking home because I walk home. And yeah. especially at that time, I'm a, you know, 240 pound dude, like I'm not going to get messed with. Like, who cares? I don't I have cash on me and nobody's going to mess with me. But just seeing, like, my wife's a small little lady, and then I had, at that time, our older kid, Bailey, was a year, about a year, and, uh, yeah, I was just like, I don't really want to raise my kids with this around, and, I mean, so when we were making the decision to move, it was, you know, her, her uh, older sister and little sister lived down here, her mom was in the San Clemente, and we started kind of looking around, and. Uh, it's decided that, you know, South Orange County was really where we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ended up, we were, we live in Laguna Niguel, which is really quiet. I try I tell everybody all the time, especially my friends from Long Beach, I'm like, I traded in the crackheads of Long Beach for the coyotes of Laguna Niguel. Like,
0: <laughs> Boy, that is one of the most apt descriptions, period. <laughs> Actually, yeah, even driving around last night, saw a couple of coyotes, no crackheads, but definitely coyotes. Uh, yeah, And Laguna Niguel, <laughs> yeah, it's quiet.
1: Which I like. You know, I really, really do like it to the first couple of months. I'm like, what is there to do? What is there to do? In Long Beach, <laughs> there's always something to do. And uh, when I was coming down here, I was looking at jobs. I first actually started with uh, Chef Greg at uh, Harley's. Oh Okay. Greg yeah. Daniel's. Yep. Shout
0: out to food. him and Harley. Friends that, of
1: the show. The, the food's so good. <laughs> food, yep. So good. Started with him because their GM, uh, John Heider, was a friend of mine. And he was like, yeah, come work around here. It's great. It was beautiful and everything was really good, but just like they were still in the fucking the infancies of where they're at, where they're at now, where they're not mm-hmm. killing it. But right there, it was like it wasn't like financially there for me. And I mean, I even kind of told Greg, I was like, hey man, like this isn't a personal thing. Like I gotta leave because I got a kid. And, like, yeah,
0: family, and, family.
1: Uh, yeah, and then uh, I was reached out to a couple of my friends that have been in the bar industry for a long time, uh, Brad Fry that ran Babette's. And he was like, honestly... He's RIP
0: like, to that one. For anybody know, listening who doesn't know, Bad Bats was up in Newport Coast. Great, super underrated restaurant that unfortunately COVID claimed very quickly.
1: Yeah, and Brad was the opening bar manager for them. And uh, me and Brad worked at the attic together. He's great. Uh, and he was just like, hey, yeah, I think you would really, really, really fit in with the guys at Craft House. And came by and I was <laughs> running in after Blake not knowing that that was the owner with like my resume like (laughs) hey there's my resume and then like a week or two later he called me and then it's it's funny because I got hired right before COVID happened and it very quickly was uh, me working here I just got hired as a bartender became the bar manager super quick COVID happens and then I just everybody was in limbo everybody in the restaurant business was in limbo. And he really quickly was just like, no, come make cocktails to go, like come hang out, like come see everything. And then even it was such a weird experience during that time, not only because of the not knowing, but then coming back and it was essentially reopening another restaurant. It was opening another restaurant.
0: Well, I was going to say, so you get hired right before COVID. Everything obviously shuts down. You guys were one of the first restaurants. And I talked about this with Blake on the show that kind of went you guys were one of the first to have an outdoor patio. Forbes wrote about it, et cetera. You guys were one of the first to kind of be able to reopen. Essentially for you, it was opening a restaurant. I mean, it was was walking into a new job, a new bar, a new clientele coming from Long Beach. What was that process like to essentially be like, hey, we have no idea what tomorrow's gonna bring because of the shutdown to all of a sudden, I have to develop a menu. I have to get this, I have to have to-go cocktails. I mean, as much as Blake and the team was dealing with the food and getting all that going, Obviously, cocktails were a big issue. I mean, I had plenty of to-go cocktails myself <laughs> from this restaurant. So, but what was it like for you professionally to basically step into? Hey, you're hired. By the way, good luck. Now you got to open this place.
1: Uh, it, was, uh, it was. It was. It, it was different. I would have to say that. Like it was obviously COVID kind of threw everybody into a, a tailspin. But um, I just kind of relied on the things that I already knew, and I know. I mean. To go old fashioned, a double old fashioned. Yeah, for COVID, like who didn't love? Who's gonna be? Yeah, who's gonna be mad about that? That was the the number one crusher. Like just everybody. I would. I mean, I would make a batch of a hundred. And then I'd get, like have the next day off and i get a text from Blake, like, Hey, can you come tomorrow and make some more? Like, <laughs> we needed <even> another hundred. <laughs> you went through a hundred in one day, a hundred doubles. Like, but just kind of like, you know, the experience that I've already had, like i just kind of went with things that I knew were going to crush. I went with things that I knew were going to be good. Just trying to, trying to just balance it. And also like, I mean, it doesn't matter if I can make, a thousand cocktails that are all super, super intricate and crazy. The clientele doesn't like it. They don't like it. Like, so it was just kind of seeing where that was. And it's been like, I've, I mean, I've got a couple of my friends working here now that are from Long Beach and they're just like, we love it down here. Well, I was going to say,
0: it's not just learning a new restaurant. It is learning a new clientele too, because with COVID and with the shutdown, you don't have your regular sitting at the bar. You don't have, you know, Jim at the corner who only orders X. Yeah. Then everybody else comes in, you guys open up, now you had to learn an entire new, and I have to imagine also coming from Long Beach, where what you were doing before was probably a lot of speed and a lot of volume. Working in
1: the attic really like, it made you speed up and then trick certain things and then combine certain things, and you know, it's about before the shift actually starts and then after the shift, and just you know certain things that you can do to help yourself like instead of having to grab two bottles you're grabbing one instead of having to grab three four five you're grabbing two um placement of things just kind of you know everything um to a degree could should be like grandma's kitchen but organized and then everybody knows where it's at and you know, things are right there. You're not having to take too many steps. You I can mean, grab everything and whip everything together. and work Workwise, going
0: from volume like that to what you're doing here, what is it like to go from where you're flipping, you know, 500 people to all of a sudden, I mean, what, Craft House's bar right here, we're looking at it, we're recording this today, It's seats, what, 16, maybe?
1: Sixteen in here, and then we have the front patio too. So we're, me and Nate a little are, bit different uh, of yeah. numbers. Yeah, you yeah. have a
0: little bit more time, a little bit more kind of frequency to make drinks, etc.
1: People still come in waves <laughs> like this. But like the attic <laughs> is like huge, and you you have one per- person really dedicated to drinks for everybody, and yeah. the, every, the other bartender takes care of everybody at the bar top or. I mean, other places that worked at the same thing, like uh, working at Shannon's, which is a dive bar in Long Beach. Like mm-hmm. that bar top is massive.
0: Like, yeah, that's a huge place. anybody who hasn't been, definitely go get a drink at that place. It's a yeah, that's an. And OG you're there beauty. a lot
1: of times. There, you're there by yourself, and Ugh. thank thankfully, it's like you know, Tito's and soda. Yeah, and those are established Four's drinkers. Yeah, and shots of Jameson, things like that. But also, I mean, it's it's not, it's not it's not. That much different. You're still serving people drinks. Yeah. So if you give people, the people that want extra attention, they want that. The people that just want to have a drink with their friend and be left alone. Like, I mean, just at the end of the day, you're still serving people drinks. So. I want to
0: talk about the, the menu development when you got here. Because Craft House is, it's a restaurant that is very... Set in its ways, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah. You know, when I had Blake on the show, we talked about the food, obviously the southern influence, but he kind of pulls from all over the world, etc. Yeah,
1: but awesome. you know,
0: we're sitting here recording this now. You guys are a whiskey bar. Yeah. I mean, basically, like looking around, there's a ton of bottles. You guys can obviously crank out anything, but this is a whiskey bar. Yeah, how did you guys go about kind of building out the drinks, the different old fashions, things like that, and kind of formulating them for the guests.
1: It was actually a very short conversation that me and Blake had. He's like, Hey, I want you to take over as the bar manager. I said, uh, because at that point after having, uh, Bailey I was like I don't want to manage I don't want to be a GM anymore I don't want to be a bar manager I just want to bartend make my money hang out with my kids like that's that's it rightfully so and uh when I got hired here that was a part of the thing I was like I just want to bartend I don't really want to run a place like I'll help you out like absolutely I'll help out any place I work at because you know like I like to see people I come there they get better like it that's something that's uh prideful more than anything um and it was a very quick conversation of I I really realized before you know he asked me to do it though I was like this is going to come this is going to happen and uh my wife was just you know simple like do you want to do that and I was like here yeah I don't want to do that everywhere but if you're here yeah and it was just hey Blake what do you want this place to be because when I before I got here it was kind of all over the place a little bit like to a degree, like what are you really trying to be? Because I mean, we'd have like the Pappy Van Winkle, but like mm-hmm. for like the nice whiskey drinkers, but ever like everything else was kind of like here and there, like so it was uh it was just that simple conversation. He's like, I want to have the best whiskey list in Dana Point. And I was like, Well, I think we can do better than that. But and I mean, if you look at our whiskey list now. Like I've had so many people tell us, like I." like people work, that work at other whiskey bars that you've heard of and they're like we can't get any of this stuff like how the heck did you get all this stuff I
0: like, yeah your allocation is wildly impressive if anybody is kind of a bourbon bro th- this is yeah. definitely where you, they want to check out
1: oh, play the game yeah. <laughs> I know how to play the game what do you want what do i want okay this is what I want. I want all these crazy allocations. Okay, what do you want? Okay, you want all your menu placements and things like that, no problem.
0: So you step into a new restaurant, you step into a new drinks list, you step into it during COVID, which is impressive enough. But then I wanna talk about outside because at the time of this recording, you guys have just built out a brand new kind of back patio. You've That's essentially beautiful. doubled the restaurant, actually probably two thirds the restaurant. I mean, it's gotta be more seating out there than there is in here. Yep. You guys are one of the first to do it. You had one of the first outdoor spaces. You go from a relatively small bar to all of a sudden, volume. I mean, yeah. a lot more drinks. Your service well is busy. What was that like? I mean, working at the attic, like we talked about numbers so far, but what was it like to kind of step in and be like, oh, all of a sudden, this is my restaurant. Oh, but also, that is now too.
1: <laughs> you just put your head down and work. I mean, you, uh, there's you know, trans, transforming the, the cocktail list to being more speed oriented and or things, you know, like we had talked about before the, the podcast, it was uh, there's, you don't need to add a bunch of different things. It's yeah. you know, the, the kiss method, keep it simple, stupid. Like there's a lot of things that are simple cocktails that you can put on there that are delicious. Or, you know, when you're creating cocktails, you don't have to go with 15 different ingredients. If two of the ingredients are already delicious, you don't need you know, to, to hide it or mask it with other things. Or, you know, I've seen so many cocktail menus where they add so much stuff to it. And it's like, why? Like, yeah. you're, you're already starting with a good base. Well, I mean, cutting cutting
0: ingredients is one thing, but also now you're talking about hiring people. You're talking about training. Yeah, you're talking yeah. about so...
1: Hiring training are definitely... Um, we have two bartenders working uh, right now that are don't really have a bartending background. They don't have a... Craft background. Yeah. But I've worked with the one, the one guy for a long time. Well, that He's like the first person I met when I started working down here. And he gets it because he's younger. So I just beat him. <laughs> just beat him. Uh, he's also like a little brother. So it's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Do it this way. Like yeah. the way that I showed you. I'm like, well, I learned this. No. No. Do it my way. And then like afterwards, like, hey, the reason I do this is because there's always a method to my madness. It's not just chaos uh the uh lady that we work with coco the lovely coco um she's a rock star she's badass so it's easy for her to come back there and just crush it because she's or, she was already good
0: Hudson i mean does that mean good. that you're kind of in your training process then are you trying to limit like are you batching certain ingredients beforehand are you trying to no, limit no. the amount of bottles that they're touching are you just trying to speed up the process of it
1: like for i'll use like the um We have one cocktail called the Lucid Dreams on the menu, and it is um, Buffalo Trace, uh, Montenegro, Fernet, and then it's a a tea base with uh, cinnamon, orange, and uh, chamomile tea.
0: Which sounds awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's it's still still play on a black Manhattan. Uh Um, It's delicious. When you're actually building that thing, it's two ounces of Buffalo Trace, one ounce of the Lucid Dreams mix, and uh, a couple dashes of Ango. And that's it. A little orange zest over the top. Boom. Out. Super fast. Yeah. Super, super fast. But it's because beforehand I'm taking the Fernet Montenegro, the tea, everything like that. And I'm blending them all together, yeah. letting them sit out. And then we bottle it, put it all together. So, you know, a cocktail that is fantastic um, takes 30 seconds.
0: Like, that's awesome, man. I love that. Um, when I talk with Blake, obviously a lot of the focus was on the food, rightfully so being the chef when it comes to the drinks, How is it from a pairing standpoint when you're building out the kind of menu from this? I know that his, you guys change seasonally, et cetera. You change with the ingredients. How does that affect what you do from the liquid side of things?
1: Not, doesn't really change much for me. Um, The nice thing is, is the food is already fantastic as his. So I kind of keep it seasonal, but also I don't do like a whole like giant rollout where it's like change the whole menu. Yeah. We'll change, you know, two drinks here, two drinks there. I'm going to change two drinks this week that just one's a little bit more cold fall It's like okay we're gonna take that we're gonna put that um on the dessert menu we're gonna take off another one that just uh it never really just caught on like i'd like i love it but yeah. I, I also like fucked up things like fernet. so <laughs> uh, just gonna take that off and then we're gonna add something that's a little more bright and light and fun and like it's like okay a little more summertime a little yeah. springtime ish and then You know, just changing things here and there to to fit the mood. I mean, I know when it was, quote, unquote, Dana Point wintertime, like I was, we were a little more brown liquor heavy. And that just means it's a cold 65 instead of a warm uh, 65. It's chilly, chilly. (laughs) Uh, But it was, it was more like that, you know, it was more uh, stirred drinks and more spirit forward drinks because who doesn't love a great Spirit forward cocktail yeah. during the cold times, and then who doesn't love something light and bright and fun when it's you know 90 degrees out and not a sun, uh, not a, a cloud in the sky.
0: Uh, Dana Point was going through a lot of changes restaurant wise prior to COVID. COVID put a little bit of a pause on things. Development slowed down a little bit. Um, some of the new kids on the block had kind of just gotten going, like Whitestone, Glass Bar, etc. All yeah. friends of the show, very good restaurants in their own right. Now that everything is opened back up, Dana Point is exploding. I mean, new developments. I mean, by the time we're going to be done with this podcast, there's probably a new apartment building going up right behind me. What's it been like from a service standpoint to see the town change so much from that bar scene? Have you, is it still the same cast of characters coming through? Are you seeing a lot of new faces? No, we're seeing,
1: we're seeing a lot of new faces. Um, I think with those other two restaurants and us as well, it's like, people kind of know what the better restaurants in, in town are mm-hmm. and they want to come check us out if it's their first time or if they just moved down here. Like I've had so many people tell me like, Oh yeah, we moved out from here. We moved from there. And then I'll always give them the, the rundown of like where to go. Like, yeah. you know, and it's like, I mean, especially when, I mean, I've only been here for two years now, like down in this neighborhood. And even for two years it's like, Oh, what's good. What's good. What's good. And like, I'm like, all right, well, Here are the places you want to go. Yeah. Go check out the rest of the neighborhood. Also like coming from, I did not realize moving down here that long beach was so massive. Like I knew it was big, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) you could literally drive for hours and hours and never leave the city. No, but down here it is not like that at all where it's like, all right, if you're in San Juan, then like you want to go to heritage or Mayfield, and it's like, if you're, you know, in Dana Point, you come to Craft House or Glass Bar. It's like, if you're in, you know, certain areas you want to go to these. They're little communities, and, yeah. Yeah, and then it's just, or it's like people will ask like, hey, so where are the, like they'll come and have like a couple good cocktails here and they're like, hey, so where are the other places you can go? I'm like, uh, that list isn't that long, bro. Like, you,
0: you guys were not shy about getting going last year and opening up and being full service. I mean, I came here for plenty of kind of brunches or dinners myself in 2021 but 2022 it seems you know for better or for worse wherever people land on it and, and not to make it political but it seems like COVID all of a sudden is kind of over for a lot of folks we're, we're done we're kind of back to it you guys are going to be full service and full bore moving into the summertime yeah. any kind of hesitation i mean are you guys just rip on ready to go
1: no we're i mean we're all excited we're getting i mean as as we speak we hiring more people training more people getting everybody, making sure that they actually fit, which is, mm. which is a huge thing. I think a lot of restaurants um, will underestimate that. Yeah. A fit matters. Like so yeah. people, you could be the, you know, the greatest server in the world, but if you don't fit, then you're kind of diminishing them. You're kind of taken away from them. And same thing with bar and same thing with you know, kitchen staff. Kitchen staff is very, very hard to find right now incredibly hard to find yeah uh we are very lucky that our kitchen staff is very good and intact and awesome and happy and blake is very good at being an owner and making sure that people are happy which is a huge thing most you know owners "Ah, whatever fucking work i pay you for it like he is not like that at all which is awesome
0: yeah well that's yeah no i got the same vibe from when we sat down and again people can go back
1: that very relaxed way is how he is all of the time.
0: A relaxed way is a good way to say it. I was going to say people can go back and listen to that episode. It is a relaxed way. That that wasn't just him on the show. He's genuinely he's, that relaxed.
1: He's like that if we are slammed busy, he's yeah. just that very just very calm. He thinks about things 15 steps ahead. And yeah. it's really cool to work with, especially me being not that way. <laughs> <laughs> what? Fuck that. No. <laughs>
0: one of the uh, one of the big conversations that I've had with every member of the uh, bar community, especially over all the episodes the past two years, has been kind of that work-life balance. Yeah. You're somebody that obviously stepped into this at a weird time, but now you've also just kind of changed your own health. I mean, you're down. Wait, 95 what? pounds. Which is huge. I yeah. mean, that's a massive, massive congratulations to that. What was it like jumping in? when did that kind of start for you? When did you kind of be like, Hey, I think I made it through the COVID part. It's a little less stressful, or at least I can say it's less stressful. Now I want to focus on me and kind of work on that balance.
1: Um, for me, because I have, you know, I have two, two baby girls now. Um, it was always, and my wife stays at home. She's a stay at home mom. And that was when we first got pregnant. I should say when she first got pregnant, because I don't have to carry the child. Um, uh, It was one of those conversations. I was like, honey, like, I make enough bartending and I have enough of a uh, skill and a good resume and work ethic to you can stay at home. Like, I don't want somebody else raising our child. Mm -hmm. And and it's, uh, for me, it's always been trying to balance it. And then um, when I really, like, that was easy. Like, the the family part, the taking care of my wife, taking care of my kids, working my ass off, that's never been an issue for me. It was when... uh, I've always had a bad ankle and I went in, I was like, I can barely freaking walk on this thing. And like, you know, am I working too much? Am I putting too much stress on myself? Am I do, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I went to saw the doctor. And honestly, he was just like, listen, dude, this is the last year. He was like, you're 36 and you are like, your ankle's not the issue. Like wear better shoes, dumb, dumb. Like, yeah he's like but your blood pressure is way too high and he's like and you need to he's like you need to lose some pounds like you were like he's like he wasn't like he wasn't saying that i was that much over but he was like dude like for yourself like Mm -hmm. and he started asking me like what's your diet like what's you know what's your drinking habits like and he wasn't too concerned about my drinking habits even though they were daily you know it was like just kind of one of those things and it was like all right well in my head i was like okay i'm gonna have to change my lifestyle a little bit. And like, you know, that kind of like half checking myself. Yeah. And then it was when the nurse came into the room and he was like, Hey, we're going to give you an EKG right now. I was like, Holy shit. Oh, okay. (laughs) Which I've never had an EKG, uh, takes forever to set up and then takes two seconds. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, your blood pressure is a little high and you need to change your shit. And that's so what it's like. It just gave me the motivation like right there. I was like, nope, changing this shit, not coming back to get an EKG. like Yeah, at, I'm not doing this 30, again. 36 years old. Nope, 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 nope. So it's just, you know, diet and then also just taking care of yourself more. And, you know, like uh, I, it's, it's hard with a seven-month-old, year but at the same time trying <laughs> well, to make so, sure. Yeah,
0: there's and, so much time to yourself. Yeah. Well, not,
1: <laughs> not just time to yourself, but also putting – but, like, today, like, I woke up, like, intentionally woke up early and took her little one on a, a three-mile walk and then, like, came home and then my three-year-old's up and take care of her and do all that stuff. And that's yeah. why it's, like, we're meeting at this time right now because, like, all right, I'm going to drop off the three-year-old school and then meet, come meet you and then I got to go do other things with them. And then just working in within your day. But, I mean, it's... It, it's like we were talking about beforehand. It's 80% diet, 20% working out. And then just kind of being cognizant of what you're doing, not trying to be like, I know it's so easy. Like I, I did this for, you know, over a decade of just, you know, you get off of work and you have a couple of drinks and mm-hmm. then go home, have one more and eat something and, then, you know, watch TV and just relax and then crash out. And like, it's such a simple thing to say that and to do that. And then, when you change up and you're just like, all right, I get off of work and I actually like go home. And like, I've been just like at at light night lately, just uh, when I get home from work and stressed out or something, just take a little walk and just like come home, relax, and then go to sleep and you go to sleep an hour earlier. And then you wake up an hour earlier and you're not hung over and you don't even realize that, you know, those two drinks, which are very relaxing. And I encourage everybody to go have a drink or two, but you don't realize when you're doing that every day, like it adds up. It adds up yeah. and it doesn't seem like it at the time, but de- now definitely not doing it and seeing how I am when I do go out and drink. And I do like, I'm v- way more selective now about when I, I want to just go out and just have a shitty beer and a shitty shot. And yeah. I'm just like, no, I'm going to go have a very nice cocktail. I'm going to have a nice glass of wine. I'm going to have a good beer. I'm going to have something. If I'm going to eat something shitty and greasy, it's going to be good, shitty and greasy. not <laughs>
0: Well, it's time for a little commercial, yeah. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me reevaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things, as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants, was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potage comes in. Heirloom Potage designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef, Owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotager.com. That's heirloom, A-G-I-R-L-O-O-M, p o t a g e r potage P-O-T-A-G-E-R.com today. Once again, that's heirloompotager. If you listen to the best seats at all or read the content... Then you know the motto, live well and often. But what does it mean? In layman's terms, it's trying to give you the best products, places, experiences, and more, so you can put a big smile on your face every single day. mass Botanics is what I use on my back bar constantly if I need a cocktail or a quick pick me up. Any of their other botanical products, like candles, hand sanitizer, and more, also helps to set the mood. Now, I'm a big fan of everything that Amass does. I have been since day one when they launched their trademark gin, and everything they've done since then has been nothing short of excellent. Now you can get your hands on their products at a discounted rate by going to amass.com and using the discount code, seats 15 that's C-E-A-T-S, at checkout. Now it's limited one per customer, so make sure you load up. But trust me, you can't go wrong with anything they're doing. I stand by Amass 100%. They're one of my go-to brands for spirits needs or anything around the house. So again, go to Amass.com. That's A-M-A-S-S, and use the code TheBestSeats15 at checkout. Trust me, you will not be disappointed.
1: I'm not gonna go. Yeah. There's
0: uh, there's people that I've had on the show before that have talked about how they were putting in efforts in their life either kind of during the shutdown or the first part of COVID or now or things like that. Just changes that have been made to have either a better work life balance or a better kind of path to health. Kind of similar to what you're doing. Um, but then everything opened back up and now they've lost that time because they're back to working or everything is kind of full bore. Yeah. You're obviously still in the process of health and doing well and yeah. finding that balance in your family not,
1: it's, it's and for anybody that's listening to this it's not easy like yeah. it's not it's not something that comes overnight it's something that you you're you essentially force all the time it's like i force myself to do that i force myself to be this way i force myself to eat all this kind of stuff and uh to be soup to try to be super healthy but also i have motivation for it when i yeah. go home and i see my two little girls like that's the easiest thing like yeah. the, the um Somebody told me it's a, a parent's thing is always to live for tomorrow, and that's what what, what I'm trying to do. Every time I look at them, I'm like, oh, "Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I can die tomorrow, not today." <laughs> Hang out with my kids, <laughs> and, but it's like, a, but you know, for a lot of people in this industry, like I know I'm one of the very few lucky people that has a wife and has children mm-hmm. and actually has a balance with life. But it's not it's not that way for everybody, and yeah. you know, I've, I've seen. Plenty of my friends, people, people I work with, like they just keep going and going and going, and it's. I mean, I, I know how easy it is to to get into that that lifestyle because you know you work during the day and then you go out drinking afterwards with your regulars and your friends, and then you just keep it, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. That's your day off, and then you're like, okay, well, let's go check out these places that like my buddies work at, and it's so easy to do that, and. I just like with, with me, like I know that I have to be balanced. I know that I can't do that all the time. So I'm very, I'm way more picky. about I'm way more selective about it. Like about where, where I go, where I eat, where I drink, I still go out. I still do all those things. I still, you know, have cocktails and have, you know, shitty, greasy food and stuff like that, but it's definitely more selective, selective and also, um, uh, not as frequent.
0: Yeah. There were a lot of changes that people were pushing for prior to 2020 with regards to kind of treating mental health and the work-life balance and things like that. A lot of that.
1: Very, very, very serious thing.
0: A lot of that kind of got put on the back burner with people just trying to keep their businesses open, et cetera, during the shutdowns. Now that we're kind of coming back and and kind of similar to the question that I just asked prior with regards to your own health, are you hopeful that some of those things can come back to the industry to, like you said, you have friends that understand that post work, drink, and that eventual burnout of doing those things. Yep. You know, again, we're recording this episode on a Monday. This is most people's Friday and or Saturday if they work in the industry. So a yep. lot of people will be out and about tonight. What are some things that you hope can come back to the industry to kind of help people deal with that work-life balance and that mental health?
1: Honestly, I think it's, it's it, restaurant workers don't get medical. Yep. I think one of those things needs to be very much pushed upon the industry as a whole is that i have health insurance because i have children and i have to make sure that they're safe first and then like and then my wife and then myself mm-hmm. and if i didn't necessarily have health insurance what i've reached out and been like oh my ankle hurts i'm gonna go figure out something and then it was kind of like a you know a kick in the pants of like hey you need everything help not just and i can say that without without you know prior to going to get help and post me getting help like it's world's difference not just you know in the, the pounds that I've lost but just in everything in my whole life it's completely different and if people don't have that 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 hand the helping hand like I don't think that you know, you're gonna see a lot, of pe- a lot of people burn out from this industry. You don't see a lot yeah. of old bartenders. Like I, I'm 37, and I'm one, I'm easily one of the oldest people in this neighborhood at at doing this. And you get you get the extremely old people that work at dive bars, but how the lifers, they, yeah, the lifers. But um, why do you think they're all they all act the same way? because yeah. they're burnt out. They're tired of your shit. <laughs> they're tired of people's <laughs> shit. Like <laughs> fucking order a drink. You order the same thing every time. Like and I completely get it. But for, for this industry, like just a helping hand, because you know, like, we've seen so many people come out and talk about mental health issues. And it's true. I mean, it's, it, it's, not just bartenders. It's servers. It's yeah. the kitchen staff, kitchen staff, like everything that I just talked about, about for post drinks and all that kind of stuff it's, applies to them too. hundred percent applies to that. exact The people that are making your food or like was Anthony Bourdain that was like, Sunday brunch, like if you saw how many drinks you're the guy that's making your omelette had yeah. the night before, like you'd laugh um seeing seeing those things of more of a helping hand and seeing this as more of a lot of people like um down here it's not it's not this way, but i I felt a lot in Long Beach, and it was funny to like get out and kind of see this like in in a nicer area um that people look at it as more of a career. Yeah. Like I have a degree, like I, and I still choose to do this. There's plenty of people that have degrees and choose to do this. They like doing this. They like the work. They like everything about it. And it's still kind of thought of as like, not a quote unquote big boy job. Oh, I'm going to go get job. <laughs> yeah. There's boy always job. a question. Yeah. It's
0: like, when are you going to get a real job? You're like, I literally am at it. I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah
1: my CPA laughs about how much money I make doing this job. So it's like, Oh, well clearly this is a big enough, big boy job. And (laughs) I have wife and two children that are at home because I can do this job. Like not everybody can say that. And, uh, but the, the, the mental toll it will take on you. Physical toll. Yeah. You can, I mean, you're on your feet, your back, Mm -hmm. your knees or all that kind of stuff. But if you're taking care of yourself and, uh, you know, you can you can avoid those things. And also like some, you know, there there are places that are high volume that, you know, are, are, need to hire younger staff for that reason. Um, but there's places that, you know, are a little bit nicer and a little bit calmer, a little bit quieter. And, you know, that's also with knowing yourself. If you know that you can go, 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 run, 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 run you can run forever, then work at a place like that. If yeah. you if you need to be a little bit slower, work at a place a little bit slower or work the shifts are a little bit slower. Like I can't tell you how many times I've seen good servers that are attentive and even good bartenders that are super attentive and have a following and stuff like that. They work their quote unquote slower shifts and they're walking out with 300 bucks, 400 bucks because they're good at that. And then vice versa. I've seen a bartender that usually just cranks, works that slow shift. They can't work it. They just, they just, <laughs> I got muscle clean everything. They got to do everything. I'm like, Whoa, and they, they go crazy and they lose their minds. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you just got to know yourself, and then you got to also. That's also with management too. Is like, I'm not going to put my slow bartender on a fast shift. Yeah. I'm not going to put my fast bartender on a slow shift. You got to, you got to know your staff.
0: One of the biggest things that everybody's dealing with right now is hiring. Right, yeah. the staffing is an issue. Trying to find people can be an issue. There's not a day that goes by, and I think this is probably 15 episodes at this point that I've even brought this up, where people are even texting someone like me, being like, "Hey." Do you know a yeah. Sue? Do you know a CDC? Yeah. Do you know a bartender? Like, who do you know that's free? And free agency is a big deal. As we kind of get more and more busy and as spring approaches and inevitably summer and more places open just at full capacity, much like the you know the back patio that you guys are gonna be opening up by the time this episode goes live. To anybody who might be thinking about getting into the industry, what would be your upsell, your kind of elevator pitch of why you should do it? Because so many people have left what would be your reason for people to get into it?
1: For people to come back into it or get into it as a young person? Yeah,
0: either jump into it for maybe the first-time server, first-time bartender. What would be the upsell to come back?
1: To get into it, I mean, (laughs) the money. The money's great. Mm -hmm. Um, The hours. The hours aren't necessarily great as far as the timing, but... The, the mass amount of money you can make in a short period of time is great. Instead of working from nine to five, you can work from nine to one yeah. and make the same amount of money as, as a normal nine to five. So that is super cool. Um, and then, honestly, like I've I know a couple of different people that got into this industry, they weren't going to do it forever, and because of this industry got another job or got some kind of networking to them. Um it's also one of those things that my mom's 65 and she still does it because she can work 2 days a week. Good for her. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and be and be chilling. 2 yeah. days a week, 3 days a week and be fine. So it's one of those things where it's like like I mean, we have I've I have two buddies that are teachers and still do this and they same thing. It's yeah. just like hey, for summertime it's great cuz they can be here 5 nights a week or 4 nights a week when you know when they when they need the extra cash and then you know, during the school year, they can be here one day a week, and it's one of those things that's like it just doesn't go away. Like you can, you can work in a restaurant. Like you might have to, if you're gone for you know a decade, you might have to get retrained and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like you can. It is a fantastic part-time job. It is really a fantastic part-time job, and if you put the effort into it, you can turn like, it well, into a full-time. You can, you can turn yeah. it into a career. You can turn it into something. You know, like I mean. I, I know t- there's a couple dudes that I worked with at Parker's Lighthouse that had like marine biology majors and like other like construction majors, like engineering majors, and like now nah, we're gonna do this. Like this is this is where it's at. And you're like, <laughs> and also for any of those boys out there, there are a lot of pretty girls in the industry. A lot of girls. That's true. A lot that's, of pretty girls. You should yeah, come hang can't out. Can't argue with that. Come work hard. <laughs>
0: well brother i know that you got two little girls to go or two sorry kids to go back to um i am going to keep you back around for a patreon only post show but i am so thankful for the time i love what you of guys course, are doing man, down anytime. here I, it's huge i mean and for again for anybody who listened to blake's podcast and has not been down yet now you don't really have an excuse if you are in the area at all come down wave high grab a drink you will have a fun time
1: yeah i guarantee it
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you brother
1: of course anytime
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you to Brendan for coming on the show. Thank you to all of you for listening and supporting. Thank you to the advertisers. Most importantly, thank you to everybody who supports on Patreon. You can do that for yourself if you want. Patreon.com forward slash the best seats. You all make this episode and every other episode like it completely possible. I wouldn't be able to do it without you. Mistakes and everything. But I hope that you get out to Craft House, check out their new back patio. If you are in that area, they are setting up to have a killer spring and summer. And no doubt that Chef Blake is going to have something wild and out in the kitchen, just as Burley is going to be with the drinks. Until next time, everybody, be well, stay safe, tip your bartender, stay off Yelp. I will see you soon. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, AKA norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Shale McCarthy, Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, OritoNoRito, Sarah Hines, Subtle Bubbles, Jay Baker, Tim Swine, John Sanchez. Thank you for your support.